you want to go and get cognac? Dan, Dan, wait, wait, literally, because everything's always ready for a cognac. Wait one minute. <laughs> Hold on. Bye. 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 Well, I've already started recording, so this little section is what I like to call the Good Darts podcast waiting around for Wayne to go and get some booze. Now, Wayne is broadcasting from Essex, his home, and it won't be long before he returns because he stashes booze in every conceivable place. The man has a real, real problem. It'll only be a few seconds now before he returns, and he'll maintain an outward affectation of sobriety, but really, he's been drinking for many, many hours. I am slightly concerned, but not concerned enough to stage an intervention. So anyway, let's see if he returns and in what perilous state that he'll be in. That sounds like him now, and he sounds like he's already pretty fucked. Glorious! Absolutely <laughs> glorious! <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Oh, this, well, oh, we this figured this out. Be, it's this taken could... us a few, but we figured it out. Just drink. Mm. Mm. Hold on. Mm. Right, no, that's it. I'm, I'm. Oh, this is. Yeah, what a great idea, Dan. Hello and welcome to Good Darts and our special World Championship doubleheader. This is, of course, the podcast that's all about good darts. The quality of the podcast itself cannot be guaranteed, especially as Wayne's just opened the cognac. It's brought to you by our friends at Low Six. We'll be providing markets on every single one of these 16 days of action at the Worlds on the Low Six and PDC Picks app. So let's do some introductions, though. I am Dan Dawson. Uh, Wayne Mardle is with me. Have you started getting excited about the Worlds yet, Wayne? Uh, hi, Dan. Uh, yes, I have, yeah. Uh, it it's the process now of of printing off the the rotor first off mm-hmm. uh, the comms rotor the pundit rotor the the uh presenting rotor and just to see who's doing what so that and the games that are attached with that so i know what what games i'm doing already which which makes me excited but that looking at the draw as you print that off you're like oh that's a good one. and then you go down oh that's another that's another good one. Then you look at, oh, Stevie B, he's playing Durant. Durant will love that. Anyway, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I am. I am. That's, that's that's if he beats Diogo, of course. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I mean, it's the last sort of 24 to 48 hours. When it first all happened, when the draw's made and everything, you go, oh, yeah, that's great. But it's so big and there's so much of it. You can't really take it in. It's only when you start drilling down and going, right, what section of the draw is this? What matches have we got? What sort of stories? Correct, yeah. and, and, you know, what sort of context is this in? That's when you start going, oh, that could be good. Oh, that could be good. Oh, that could be incredible. And that's that's the sort of thing that's yeah. been happening over the last 24 hours for me, really, or 48 hours at a push. Um, but we will be bringing you over two episodes, one right now. You're listening to it. That's how this works. Uh, and another one in a few days' time uh, in the build-up to the world. So we've got two big interviews as well. They're absolute belters. You'll be speak- we'll be speaking to Nathan Aspinall in the other one, the Low Six Home Tour champion. Uh, this one, we've got Simon Whitlock, who is... Not only an icon of the sport, but absolutely <laughs> mental as well. So the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> uh, former World Championship finalist, of course. He's on the way in a bit. Oh, uh, first up, though, no PDC picks to go through from last week, Wayne, because we haven't had any action since then. But I've got a question for you, and we sort of touched on it last podcast, yeah. but how many players could win the Worlds? Right, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I was I was actually looking today, mm-hmm. um, just looking at... 
just running through the odds, really. I wasn't looking at draws specifically because I've, I've been doing that kind of constantly. Mm. So as you kind of look through, you, you, you have your, your main protagonists like, like normal. Mm. And then you start to look down those that, that are, are capable and those that if the draw opens up, who knows? And mm. I was just kind of working my way down. And there was a few there that I would never, ever have mentioned one in previous years and two uh, six months ago. And mm. De Sales is one of them. Dimitri Vandenberg, Devon Peterson. Uh, I wouldn't have mentioned them, but they yeah. have to come into the equation. And another one that you know I'm going to mention, and he's always looked over as someone that, that no, 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 he just can't win it. And that's that's James Wade. Uh, mm. He's another one that, that creeps in there. Uh, and further afield, you, you've got Heta. Uh, they, look, for me, there's probably, I haven't counted up, there's, there's over a dozen. Yeah, there's definitely well, over over a dozen. Well, I, I I genuinely I think there are more than two dozen who are capable right. of winning it. Yeah, I mean, look, there are ninety six yep. people in the tournament, and as we all know, I didn't want to say his name, but Kirk Shepherd, Kirk Shepherd made the final, and you know, why are you it, doing it, you this get, to me? Yeah, I know, but you know, we're talking about the worlds, mate. Uh, it, it's yeah, gonna happen. Point. Um, yeah. But I, I was trying to separate them. So you've got an A-list who you think, look, these are the most likely. The winner is most likely to come from MVG, yeah. Wright, Price. Uh, you, know, you can even chuck in the likes of Michael Smith, Aspinall, Wade, DeSouza. They've won things. They've yeah. won things recently. And yeah. most of them have won big things. There's no reason why they couldn't be in the final on January 3rd and winning it. But then that yeah. B-list is enormous because you've got play. They might be out Huge. of form. But you know they've won and they can recapture yeah. it. You know Anderson, A.D. Lewis, yeah. Cross, yeah. Um, Dozer, Gurney. Yeah, I, 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 there's loads. There's yeah. Ratajski, uh, Dizwan, uh, Chizzy, uh, yeah. Joe Cullen, Ian White, uh, Mervyn King. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've got to stop somewhere. I'm going to stop it. at. Right, I'm going to stop at Chris Doby. I'm going to stop at Chris Doby. I don't believe it. Uh, so there are 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 22, 24, 26, roughly. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. And that's normally, just going down. Normally, there's two. Yeah, but normally that's going down two. the world rankings, isn't it? But then you've got all those guys who are making yeah. breakthroughs. I mean, you've met Dirk yeah. Van Dyvenbode, Ryan Sutt, yeah, Luke point. Humphreys, Damon Hetter, a man you've already mentioned. Um, and and yeah. Big Devon, yeah. of course, as well. I mean, I, I, yeah. I genuinely think it is the most open I mean look do I expect yeah, Irving King to be world champion that. January 3rd no I don't but no. would it be a Kirk Shepard moment for that to happen no no it wouldn't we know he's just made the major final and lost out in a final leg decider to the world number yeah, one it, I mean it wouldn't wouldn't be beyond the rounds 45 points yeah, yeah 45 points of being a major winner and the major before the major before mm. the one so yeah look I, I agree Dan there's there's so many players that if they do make the final, just say he's a Mervyn King or, or a Danny Noppert, you're thinking, mm. yeah, that's fair enough. Because uh, once they're there, you you know they've got there. But don't think it's beyond the realms because it's not. We've seen the Vandenberg crop up with a with a major win. Why why not? Why not Mervyn King or, or a Danny Noppert? Why not? Yeah, I mean, Danny Noppert's even... I've mentioned nearly 30 players there and Danny Noppert wasn't one of them, but with the way he's played no. over the last couple of years on the tour, there is no reason. And he is certainly a man who's done That's it on right. big stages in the BDA. In fact, he's a, a TV finalist in the PDC, the World Series final. Yes. He's, everybody yes. 
has got little things they can hold up and just go, I'm a serious contender in this one. And I also think Correct. that everybody's thinking that as well. Not only does it look the most open world championship to me, yeah. I think the players are probably thinking that as well. Does that, does that they matter? They have to think that. Is there, is there yeah, too much does, made yeah. of mindsets? Is it, you know, in sport? I would, I mean, uh, I was watching your chat about your semi-final run lost to Kirk Shepard. I know I've mentioned him again and yeah. you were talking about my mindset was all wrong. But at the same time, that's just a narrative we've imposed upon it because if I'd won that match and people had said, oh, he just went in there thinking he couldn't lose and that's exactly what you need to do if you're going to be a winner. Are we yeah. just imposing these things after the event? Now, I do think sometimes that we know that, do you know what, that I've done this wrong or I'm doing this wrong. Hmm. And that was the kind of experience I was going through during that. And, and I was playing slow. I was playing quick. And for those that haven't seen the game, uh, don't watch it. It's horrendous. Uh, I I was doing everything wrong and I knew it. I knew it. I just couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't stop myself. But what I think is about the Worlds is that it makes people panic like mm. no other tournament. And we see it. We see them, people cry when they lose because it's the Worlds. And we see people more emotional, happy uh, emotional than, than ever because it's the Worlds. It, it's just so important and it can make or break a career. And once you are a world champion, you're, you go down in, in history as, as a world champion. And... I don't mean to, for this to put down every other uh, tournament. Uh, you, you can win a major that can be forgotten about. Oh, I forgot, I forgot you won that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. No one forgets world champions. No one. And that's the pressure that's on the players constantly when they're playing, before they're playing, after they're playing. Yes, you care about taking out 58 or whatever it is, but... For some reason, it does feel that little bit more important. And if you make a mistake in the worlds, it's like, I've got to wait a year. I've got to wait a whole year. Whereas you make a mistake elsewhere, you think to yourself, oh, I'll put it right next tournament. It's next week. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there's just a, the, the mindset is, is kind of important. But the best players, then, the best players see it as, yeah, it's important. But, but if I don't win it this year, I'll win it next year, and, and if not, the year after that. They can see themselves winning it. That's where the, the world-class players... Price done it last year when he lost. He basically said, I'll win it next year, if not the mm. year after. I like that. And he may well do so. And and that's that's the other thing as well. The World Championship, over the last few years, we know that Michael Van Gogh has been impregnable as the number one in the world. But this tournament coming up will decide who is the top player in the world of darts. MVG, Peter Wright and Gerwin Price are all vying for the title. And if they win yeah. the Sidwardell Trophy on the third, then they are guaranteed, I believe, I think that's right, even if Price does it, he will become the world number one. So, I mean, look, it's just a fascinating wow. subtext to it. Um, but that all sets wow. it up. And one of the guys who's going into this year's World Championship at Ali Pali is a former finalist in Simon Whitlock, the Wizard of Oz. Everyone who's a darts fan has seen the Wizard. They know who Simon Whitlock is. But how much do you really know about him? Maybe a little bit more after this. These are the questions that you should be asking. Well, welcome to the podcast, The Wizard, Simon Whitlock. Uh, Simon, you've been around darts for absolutely ages, but I'm not sure how much people really know about you. Tell us something that you've you've not told anybody in interviews about you before. Go on, give us something, Simon. 
<laughs> wow, that's uh, that's a really tough question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know where to start. I used I was a bricklayer. Yeah. Before, but I think most people know that. Um, well, what are you into? Animals is one of your big things, isn't it? Oh yeah, I've got lots of pets here at home. I've got guinea pigs. I've got a chicken. I've got a gecko. I've got one frog left. Uh, fish. <laughs> A dog, yeah. What is it about animals? Have you always been into animals, or is this just something that you, you've got into in recent years? No, I've always been into animals. Um, I can go back to the age of five, I think, when I had, like, I was catching insects in the back garden. And uh, not long after that, I was catching blue-tongued lizards and entering pet show, like, most unusual pets at pet shows around my area. Yeah, hang on, you entered entered competitions for most unusual pets? Yeah. Yeah, me and my brother, we used to catch um, bearded dragons and blue-tongued lizards. My mate had a bearded dragon, he called Ed, Eddie Lizard. It was great. I remember going around his, his house one night and we'd had a drink and watched the football and then I'd woken up on his sofa the next morning and this thing was just sat on my chest staring at me. It was one of the worst hangover experiences of my life because I didn't really know what was going on. But but they're good bearded dragons. Like, what's, Have you got a dream animal that you'd like to keep but you haven't managed to yet? Um, oh, God. I think I'd want one of everything. You know, I, I like all animals. Well, do you want to hear something really weird? I got bit by an adder the other day. Where? Just uh, behind my house in the park. I actually saw one and I thought it was a grass snake. I was, I was actually out looking for them with my dog. But, yeah, I was looking for grass snakes, not adders. And it's a really weird story because I've seen this snake all curled up looking at me. I thought, oh, what's that? I'm thinking it's a grass snake because it just stayed there. Anyway, I ran away <laughs> about 100 <laughs> yards away, Googled um, UK non-venomous snakes. Mm-hmm. And all these pictures came up and I thought, well, that looks identical to this snake. So I thought, yeah, this is right to catch. It's, I think it's a grass snake. Anyway, I went and got a stick, made a fork on the end of it to pin it down just in case it was a deadly snake. I went back to it and I tried to pin it down, but it slithered off in this really thick grass. It was about four foot long, this one. Anyway, two weeks later, I've seen another one walking the dog again. There's one just sitting there on the trail. So I thought, oh, it's a grass snake. I'll catch that. I tried to slither off, I pulled it by the tail and then I put my foot on it quite gently and picked it up. And as I picked it up, I swear I've seen these fangs. I'm thinking, uh, this shouldn't have fangs if it's a grass snake. <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, I'm getting my phone out of my pocket. I'm thinking, I've got to Google this again. <laughs> while while you're holding Google, the snake? Yeah, while I'm holding the snake, I'm getting my phone out. As I'm doing this, he's creeping up between my hands. And I pulled his tail down to straighten him out. As I've done that, he swung his head round and bit me on the finger. And I thought, oh, that didn't feel too good. <laughs> so I've swapped hands with the snake, took a picture of it, and then I've Googled venomous UK snake. And guess what? Same pictures came up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I realised this is an adder. <laughs> I was, I was going to actually put in my vivarium with my gecko. Mm. But halfway home... I thought, oh, this isn't a good idea. I've got the dog in one hand, the snake in the other. I've got to unlock the house and get in. I thought, no, I'll just let it go. So I walked about 200 yards, let it go. Got back home, called my mate. I said, I've been bit by an adder. He goes, go to the hospital. (laughs) 
So I drove to the hospital. Oh, I kept making mistakes as well because I couldn't think straight. I did two wrong turns and it's such an easy drive. Anyway, I got there and uh, I only ended up being in there two hours. It didn't get me very bad. It was only a very small snake. So, What's the feeling of being bitten by an adder? You say like you're making mistakes. Is it genuinely mess your head up? Oh, absolutely. I went all hot. I got like a really hot flush. I think, oh my God, I'm going to die. You know, I don't know how deadly these snakes are. And, and when I got to the hospital, I saw a doctor about half an hour. I was sitting there thinking, oh, I'm going to die before someone even sees me. He goes, we haven't seen a case for over two years. They, they didn't even have the anti-venom in there. But, but they haven't seen a case for two years. Me. And you've seen you've seen two of these snakes within a matter of, what, days? Two weeks. Yeah, it's about two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. Impressive, Simon. Impressive. You're the Steve Irwin of Waterlooville. Well, I, I told... Peter Wright on the new snake bite now. <laughs> um, here's one for you. At what point in your life did you go, you know what, long ponytail, big long beard, that's the look for me? Because you've stuck with that for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, before I got the name The Wizard, I only had like a short goatee. I always had the longish hair because mm. I've always cut my hair since the age of about... 18, I think, 17, 18. Mm. And I never cut the back because that was, I couldn't see what I was doing. So, yeah, once I got the name The Wizard and then I started playing like a lot on TV, I thought, you know what, I might just grow my beard out and look like a proper wizard. Well, it works. I mean, never underestimate the, the power of an image in this game. I mean, you mentioned Peter right there, but I mean, it served you well, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I stick out like a saw thumb <laughs> and uh i get recognized everywhere i go it's it's unbelievable when you broke your foot i can't remember how many years ago that was and you turned up at ali pally one year you had a big moon boot on it yeah. so how long that's what six years ago maybe or is it longer than that seven, yeah because so, you were laid up for a long while after busting your foot so you were in bed did your sort of big ponytail get into one massive dreadlock and you had to find like a specialist Afro-Caribbean barber to unpick it over a period of hours. Yes, that's exactly true. I mean, I just couldn't be bothered brushing my hair. It was, and it just turned into one big dreadlock basically. And yeah, oh my God, did it hurt getting it straightened out. But it took them, I think about three hours to sort it out. And there was one in Portsmouth, so it wasn't too far. You're a bit of an inventor. In fact, I say a bit of an inventor. Very much an inventor, Simon. What's your garage look like? Because you've you you spend a lot of time in there coming up with different ideas and bits and bobs. You've you've got patented inventions in darts, haven't you? Yes, I do. I mean, yeah, I'm always thinking outside the square. I mean, basically, I've I've come up with all these point ideas because my points don't really work well on a on a normal board. I mean. I don't want to slate unicorns too much, but their boards haven't been the best. They're, they're quite, they used to be soft. And and I thought, I've got to make something which will make my darts sit in true. And that's when I come up with the Allen keys and uh, the diamond file points. But I mean, you've got the, the grip stuff as well, the whiz grip. That was something that you came up with quite a long while ago now, isn't it? That's what you always see you blowing on your hands and it's about heat or moisture activated. Is that how that works? Yeah, that's um, it's actually a pole dancing uh, powder, which you, you get hot and then it's like really tacky on your fingers, just gives you a grip because I always do struggle 
hold, like holding the dart, like getting a good grip to it. Hang on, where did you come up with this idea, Simon? I just tried many different things, what I'd seen people with. Some people have got some, like, gel for bowling, and, and then I heard about somebody having some powder for the um, hole dancing grip. And oh, yeah, just, I just heard about it. Every- I just, yeah. I just heard about it. You know, through, you know, just somebody had mentioned about the pole. Not, not an expert on pole dancing then. <laughs> no, well, to be fair, it's the best stuff I've ever used. Fair, fair play, fair play. Have you got like lots of failed inventions in your garage? That's, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in the ones that have have worked out for you. But you must have tried loads of random things that just haven't quite hit the mark. Yeah, I've tried drill bits. They, they were fantastic, but they were very brittle. And they did damage the board a bit too much as well. I've used, as a, a young lad, when I was 16, 17, I was using welding rods, my dad's welding rods. I used to bang all the flux off and they, they fit perfectly in the dark. But they were a bit soft and they would bend a little bit easy. Uh, what else? I've tried nails. I broke one of my darts with it, putting a nail in it because I tried to force it in. It was too big and it just, barrel just split off. <laughs> That was, a, that was a failed one, that one. A smaller Allen keys, half the size, but they just wobbled it like those wobbly points people use. Mm-hmm. You mentioned there when you were, you were 16, 17 you were doing this. This is a long history of doing it. When did you start playing darts, and how good were you when you started out? Well, I started when I was 15. Um, my dad always played darts at home, and... And he used to have a throw on the board. I remember I played once when I was about 10. He goes, oh, here, come and throw these darts. And I didn't think anything of it. And then at the age of 15, he said to me one night, he said, do you want to come play darts tonight at the Hornsby Bowling Club? Because they had it sectioned off where the kids could go in. I went, yeah, okay. I ended up going there with some house darts. And the first night, I remember I got the highest score for all the kids who actually went. There was only about 10 of us. I got a 134, but played a triple 18, and and they gave me a little trophy for it, and that really got me hooked. I thought, oh, I like this. This is fun, and I just got the bug that day, and I've never looked back really. So, I mean, you do play. You play an enormous amount. You you know, we've we've talked in the past about um, you coming, you know, getting back into form simply by playing local tournaments in in pubs or clubs or wherever, and. You know, there's a, a yeah. lot of players around the Hampshire area all know you from all of these tournaments that take place. But how how much work did it take to go from that teenager who was just starting out to becoming one of the world's elite? It was probably at the age of 30, really. I mean, I just lost my dad. I, I moved to Queensland. I, I just got remarried again for the second time. And I went up there. I had no work. And my father-in-law... And mother-in-law played darts, and I started practicing with my father-in-law, and he was just like he'd been around, he'd been playing darts for forty years by then, and he knew the ins and outs. He's like, he just knew everything about the game, and he started coaching me. I was practicing three hours a day with him, and when mm. within like six months, I was number one in Australia. I started winning every single tournament in Queensland, and not just Queensland. I was going around the country and, and starting to win everything as well. But that was, I was probably ranked like 38, I think, in Australia at that time in my life. So that's uh, when know, there was a big jump. Yeah, just having the, the right coach and the right knowledge pumped into my head day after day 
completely turned my whole career. Well, I remember an interview we had a few years ago, and he said, oh, I've got this secret knowledge. I've got this knowledge that other players don't have. Is that what you were talking about? Because you do play the game in your own way. You've got different routes. You you leave odd doubles that other players won't go for. That's that's part of it, isn't it? Exactly. It's all about the counting and and using your barrels, you know, using your flights. You know, you know there's, I haven't noticed many other players who do what I do on a dartboard and that's stepping, using your flights and barrels. The only other person who actually does it is Kyle Anderson and he's obviously learnt from watching me. But there's not that many. There's hardly anyone who uses their flights and barrels the way I do. What about the counting, though? I mean, you'll you'll be aware yeah. of what some of the pundits will say. You know, when you're leaving yourself double nine or double thirteen or whatever, and potentially you, you cost yourself a dart at a double. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. There's some doubles I really don't like, and there's other ones which I prefer. So I'll play to my strengths, and you know, I do leave double thirteen a lot rather than other doubles, and I leave double nine rather than double twelve because. My percentages of hitting those doubles are higher and I'm more confident hitting those doubles. Well, it must have been a big gamble, even when you know you were you got to number one in Australia. It must have been a big gamble to uproot your life and, and move over to the UK. Was that a, a difficult decision to make? Well, that's, that's another story in my life, which, um, yeah, my marriage wasn't going so well and I just uh, sort of split up with my wife and... That's how I ended up over here. I mean, it was it was all just timing, really. I mean, I'd qualified for the world champs. I came over and I made the final against Phil. Next thing, I was in the Premier League and I had to move over. Basically, I needed a new start and that route was just chosen for me somehow. It's fair to say. I mean, you know, more than a decade down the line, it's, it's paid off massively for you, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I've had a, a great 10, 11 years over here now. On a lot of titles, I still haven't got the big one yet, though. But you know what? I don't give up. I'll never give up. Well, you say never give up. I mean, every there have been a number of times over the last few years where you've either struggled for for wins on stage, and that's gone on for you know more than a year. But then your floor form's been good and, and kept you up there. Then it's been the other way round where things haven't gone so well on the floor, but you've been doing it in the big tournaments. And every time it looks like you might be slipping down the rankings, you find something else, and, and you've done it again over the last few months. I mean, some of the success you've had and some of the performances you've had have been right up there with the best in your career, haven't they, Simon? How do you keep doing that? I think it's just built in, you know. I, I don't like slipping down the rankings. I, I believe I should be top 10 all day long, but even with the standard now, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how good these young lads are coming through. But, you know, I still believe I'm I'm a top 10 player and I can take out Van Gerwens when I want. And, you know, the first couple of games, he wasn't that great. But the last time I played him, I beat him good and proper. Like, But it's not just that, you know, it's... Oh, there's that burning desire still. I just, I'm not finished with the game. Life in the old dog yet? Absolutely. Right, you stay clear of any more snakes though, pal, all right? <laughs> if I see another one, I'll still probably try and catch it. Right, before anything else, and I didn't realise that I'd have to say this, at any point in my life, let alone in a podcast about darts. If you are bitten, if you're listening to this, if you are bitten by a venomous animal, 
Do not get behind the wheel of a car. Out of all the mad stuff in there about chasing dangerous reptiles around the world with sticks, that's possibly the daftest bit. So please don't do it. It's the typical Aussie reaction. Ah, she'll be right. It'll be fine. You know, somebody has a severed arm. They go, ah, just stick a plaster on it. I'll go down the path. That, that is a really, really bad idea. And even Simon Whitlock, I think, I think it dawned on him in that interview. Oh, that probably wasn't a good idea driving to the hospital. Aside from that, though... What did you make of that, Wayne, out of all that madness? Out of all that, uh, do you not know really made me laugh, Dan? Mm. Eddie Lizard. Very <laughs> <good>. <laughs> I mean, that's not mine. That was my mate's, my mate's lizard, Eddie no, Lizard. I know, yeah. but I don't care. Uh, uh, yeah. Because at that point, at that point, I, I was kind of like, right, I've got to stop listening to this because I'm crying. Uh, that was funny. Uh, do you know what? The, we, we, know, we know that Simon likes to, to tinker, probably... Probably more than than anyone, but I, I like the the kind of flippant way that he just added pole dancing powder into. Yeah, did you know that the, the grip? And did you he know just that carried on as like, yeah. Uh, you did you did well there with the whoa 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 whoa. <laughs> hold on now. Well, uh, no, look, I did actually cut a bit try. out of that interview because <laughs> I, I went a bit further than that, but he just wasn't getting it. I was like, oh yeah, so, so how do you know so much about pole dancing uh, powder, eh? Yeah. How much do you know about that? And he's going. Well, it's it's very good grip for the hands. It's like, yeah, but I mean, how, how do you, uh, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you know about it? Well, it's, it's quite good for the dads. Oh, you know what? Never mind. After about five minutes of that and him not getting it, I just cut it out. But yeah, I mean, what a, what a revelation that was. I did not know that. But it shows you kind of how how he thinks and like outside the box thinking. It's like right, take something from another industry and make it make it mm. work and. Uh, like with the, with the points that are kind of well known now, I I I admire him for for looking for something. And mm. it, it, I, what I liked as well was the you were mentioning the the counting, like to leave double nine, and he just quickly said, "I play to my strengths," mm. and a lot more people can take that on board because look, we all like to do the right thing. Mm. We with with spoken about Jose de Souza at length, haven't we? Saying that, mm. look, what he does is wrong. He's going to get caught out. He doesn't play the percentages. In fact, he, he doesn't He doesn't try to count at all. Simon is the, the other way. Simon kind of like, right, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to leave a double, and I know what double it's going to be. It's going to be double nine. I don't care. I'm going to attack it because, do you know what? I quite like it. Mm. I quite like it. I like double 13. I like double 19 and 17. I don't care. I really don't. And when he says he plays two strengths, I, I, I believe him. And he's he's got that belief and he thinks he's top 10 all day long. And do you know what? Who are we to say that, that he couldn't be because he's been there before? And it wouldn't take, Dan, wouldn't take a push beyond the realms of possibility to get back in there because there's a few falling the other way. And if he was to get back into the top 10 again, a run at the Worlds would help that, then uh, who knows? But I'll tell you what, really enjoyed listening to him. Yeah, I, I, I just think he has genuinely got one of the most astonishing careers in this sport that I've ever seen. Because it's not... that There was a time when he first came over and he was just incredible. He was right up there, top four player in the world, just was amazing. Yeah. Then he sort of settled into a group, but he'd still be picking up titles, Euro Tour titles, Pro Tour titles, going deep in the yeah. big TV tournaments, always up there. 
But then, as he said, you know, in that interview, he'd had spells where it wasn't going right on telly, or it wasn't going right on the floor. And every time he dropped down, he finds something, and he keeps coming back. And when you look at the number of players who have, as soon as it starts slipping, they cannot stop it. He's done it two yeah. or three, maybe even more times. And this year's been one of the most incredible, because... He played 26 games against Michael Van Gerwen, and he won one. He lost the other 25, and now he's beaten him yeah. three times consecutively in big TV games. He is yeah. a, a genuinely... Most players, you know, when we talk about scar tissue and, and all that, you know, being beaten before they get on stage, he is one of the very greatest at just keeping on plugging away and finding enough to keep going. And eventually, if you're there, if you keep doing it with his talent, then things will turn for you and you will find enough. And and look, he, I think he's an example to all kinds of players. Yeah, I think he's an example to, to human beings, to be fair. Mm. Mm. Uh, forget about sport. It's like, hold on, it, it's not working out. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just plug on or try something different and see if I can I can make myself feel better and get back to where I was. And... And he has got that belief, but you mentioned it. He's got that talent as well. Now, mm. you, you can't underestimate that. He, he knows that he's good enough. He knows he's good enough, but it does go missing for spells, for for spells long enough to, to drop out the top 16, out the top 24, which he had done, uh, to get back to where he is, to to the latter stages of big events, real big events. Uh, mm. Yeah, my, my hat, I, I, I tip it to him because... There's not many people in the world, let alone sport, that that have that that drive, and and he loves that he loves the sport so much that he does not want to be on the outside of the, the big events. All right, he had that little bit of luck to get in the Grand Prix, but Took look, it, you tell me, a, you tell me a world champion, you tell me a world mm. champion that hasn't had that little bit of luck along the way. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, powered by pole dancing grip, he is now 50 to 1 for <laughs> Ali Pali. Not bad, pretty sexy. I just turned it on. The crowd starts going, ooh, semi. You just got to hold it now. When they're going in like that, easy. And I enjoyed it. Oh, here we go. Turned on. Absolutely brilliant. I'm very quick and I'm, ooh. I'm not spouting my boat off too much. Whoa. I was enjoying it that much. I thought, well, why not? You know, enjoy it. I've still got the stamina. Brilliant. Turned on. And that's how I do it. I just, well, I just turned it on then. That's the whole point. Right, let's get on with it. Semis? Well, that's about me boat off. You know, enjoy it. Tonight, I'm going to go and enjoy it again. Hopefully, I'll perform as well as I've done. I just turned it on then. I can sit and watch everybody else sweat now. Right, we're not going to go through every single game of the World Championship on here. I think that would be kind of impenetrable. However, we will post our PDC picks on our Twitter page, if you're playing along on the PDC picks or Low Six Picks apps. Uh, we're going to try and do a mini podcast from Ali Pali as well. Right now, though, I've got absolutely no idea whether we'll be allowed to. Wayne will be in the ivory tower that Sky are in. I'll be in the media favela, uh, just begging for scraps from whatever crowd passed by. Uh, so I'm not sure if we'll be allowed to mix or how we do it, but we'll figure it out when we get there. Um, what we will do, though, we're going to split the draw into two. So we're going to take it quarter by quarter. We'll have the top half of the draw we'll talk about in this podcast. Is that not split, Dan? Is that not splitting into four? <laughs> Stay with me, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs>
we will split it into two and then split it into two again. Uh, okay, because, mate, got it. Yeah, so got I'll it. do two quarters in this one and two quarters in the next one. So, right, let's okay, start pal. with quarter one. I'm going to ask you, quarter one, by the way, it's MVG's yeah. quarter, obviously. So he's the top it, seed. It is. But in terms of other top 16 players, you've got Chizzy, you've got Dimitri, you've got Joe Cullen, you've got dangerous unseeded players like Martin Kleermacher, who I know you're a fan of, uh, Luke Humphreys, who I think has been fantastic this year without perhaps getting yes. the rewards he deserves. But I, I want to know three things from you. Where do we see the upsets, if there are going to be, in this quarter? Where's the entertainment yeah. value? Where are the really great games going to come from? And finally, yeah. who is going to come through this quarter and reach the semis? What do you reckon Wayne Mardell... Because you knew how to right. come through a quarter at the Worlds. Oh my God, you knew yeah, how to yeah. come through a quarter. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did, I did, I did. Mm. Uh, the the upset. Should we do the upset first? Mm. Yeah, go on, tell uh, me. Uh, right now, some would be surprised at this, but I really don't like the way that the number thirty-two seed is playing. I think Ricky Evans will mm. lose to Mickey Mansell. Uh, mm, okay. uh, no, he's a 32nd seed. He's is. He's kind of expected to just scrape, scrape through if he does win. Yeah. I, 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 I think a lot of people might disagree with that because Mickey Mansell struggles on the big stage too often. But Ricky Evans may not play uh, Mickey Mansell. He may play Helpai Puar. Well, who, who I, knows? I was going to say that. I, I think Helpai Puar is not a bad shout, you know, to be honest. But yes, yeah, that's, but we'll, I, we'll see. I just don't think Ricky gets through. That's a bit of an upset for me. But the one that... Now, I don't want to say this to you, Dan. Okay. Uh, this is another upset that I think is is quite on the cards, mm-hmm. and that's Joe Cullen losing to Kieran Tian. Oh, you you really like Kieran Tian, do you? I'm I like con- him, mate. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. When I see him, I think, oh, you quite you got. I think I'm distracted because whenever Kieran Tian walks up to the hockey, he looks like a nice, presentable yeah. young man, and then as soon as he stands on the hockey, it looks like yeah. his face melts. Like I don't know what right, happens. Dan. Yeah, Dan. Don't look at him. Oh, right, yeah, okay, a, yeah. That's yeah, maybe don't that's look it. At, yeah. Seriously, don't look at him. Just look where the darts are going. I've done I've, mm. I've I've done that before. I was playing Kevin McDyne absolutely years ago in the Grand Slam. Well mm-hmm. he, he, his elbow goes in and his arm comes out, his hand comes out, and I was mesmerized to how he was hitting the treble twenty and he was oh, seemingly sort of, doing it. Is that like playing tabbing? He was seemingly doing it. Uh, no, it was worse than Tabern. No, this was just pathetic. And I kept thinking, you're pathetic. As as uh, as Fred Williams was then calling yet another 140 for him. I'm like, you are pathetic, McDyne. And Kieran Tian, I've learned, I've learned to not watch him. Because he doesn't, okay. no offence to the kid, no offence to him. Uh, he, he doesn't look like he's, he's as good as he is. And... Do you know what? If if he gets through past Wayne Jones and plays Cullen, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not I, be surprised. Joe does uh, have a dreadful it, record at Ali Pali. Who I can know stop he MVG Maybe then? What... Can anybody stop MVG right. in this quarter? Uh, the, the, the entertainment comes from Dimitri losing to Luke Humphreys in the second round after Luke does a job on Paul Lim, by the way. Uh, just throw that right in there. No I... one stops MVG. No one. No one. I, I'm tempted that the the winner of because I I think I think Joe Cullen is going to win his opening game, but I think that him versus Johnny Clayton could be an absolute belter. Two good mates, but two incredible players. If they do that, settle down. It's, it's going to be down to one of them to try and stop MVG. But I also think yeah. it could happen. 
Um, particularly if it's the ferret right. who does seem to raise his game against Michael Van yeah. Gerwen. He does have a number of what wins is... against him. I don't know what What's it is. What's all that about? I don't know, but he just he just seems I think I think he likes playing without pressure. And that's one of the very few yeah. get even as a player who's been in the top sixteen and major finals and stuff, that's one of the ones who go, Well, nobody's expecting me to win this, so let's just go and give it a go. Yeah. So and he plays with freedom. Yeah. Now I, well, I genuinely tomorrow. Well, tomorrow, so I bet get this done quickly. Well, one of us yeah, exactly, has 110, yeah. and then we can at least wrap up early and get back to bed. But I think one of those two could do it, because I, I right. think he, I know that if Michael Van Gogh plays his best, he wins. But as we were saying just the other day, I don't think he's back to his best. I think he's going to have a ropey no. game in there. It depends where the ropey game comes. I think okay. a ropey game could come against Lawrence Logan or Ryan Murray, and he still wins. I think a ropey game could come against... Ricky Evans or Mickey Mansell, I hope I poor. I think he still wins. But if he has a ropey game against Joe Cullen or Johnny Clayton, I think that he'll lose. And I think that opens up the whole quarter. And you, I agree with you. Luke Humphreys, Dimitri Vandenberg looks an absolute belt of a game. I think it's going to be a brilliant match, that. But I also think yeah, Luke I will do. come through it. But I also think the most underrated player in that little section of the draw is the one who's going to go through to the quarterfinals and reach it. And that is a man who has only lost very, very narrowly at the World Championship the last two years. Had he not done so, he'd be a lot higher in the world rankings. But that man is Jermaine Watamina, the machine gun. And I actually think that if somebody does take out MVG, the machine gun is the man who benefits. And after some agonising defeats, I am going, quite literally, for a man who is 25-1 to to win his quarter, for Jermaine Watamina to get through and reach the semi-finals of the World Championship for the first time in his career. Right, you fancy him. You fancy well, I, him. I, I just think it's so open in that little section away from it. Somebody's got to take out MVG. I don't think Jermaine's going to do that, but I think somebody could do before right. that. And I think it's Cullen or Clayton. Um, I may be wrong. MVG might just coast through to the quarters and not lose a set. That's a very real possibility. But yeah. I, I'm just not convinced. But you're going MVG. I'm going what a, a Dutchman yeah. gets through that quarter. That's what we know. We know that. We know. We know that. So let's turn our attention to the other quarter in this half of the draw. Okay. I think this is the most open quarter. I think if you're a player yeah. with a design on reaching yeah. the final and winning, this is the quarter you want to be in. The top seed is Michael Smith. You've got Rob Cross, Glenn Durrant, Gary Anderson. They're the other top 16 members. None of them in great form, you have to say. They no. do have some dangerous other players. Damon Hetter and Dirk van Dijvenbode are two of the best unseeded players. Devin Peterson, only just in the seeds, of course. I'll ask you the same three questions. Where do you see the upsets? Where's the entertainment? And who comes this through this quarter to reach the semis? Right. I, I think that there could be an upset. And I don't like saying this. Uh, mm. But I, I, Devin, if he plays Steve Lennon, will mm. really have to be on his game. Uh, what is I, it about Steve I, Lennon? I, I do see you that... think he's playing well? I, I like the way he plays. I, I think I think that Devon struggles against the Steve Lennon types. I uh, the consistent types, the 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 kind of give nothing player at uh, the same pace, just mm. a real good darts player on a day to day basis. Devon will need to be on his game. He, he really will. Uh, apart from the other, I I don't. I think Diven Bodo, I think he can obviously take out Cross, but I don't think he will. Uh, but the the one for me, it has to be in that this this section, it has to be Heta beats Bagish and then Heta beats Lewis. 
Yeah. I Would mean, that be an upset, though? Would that be classed well, as an upset nowadays? I, I don't know. I mean, Adrian's such a strange player, isn't it? We've said it many times. Oh, I like the look of who he's playing. Oh, he's lost. And it's happened over and over and over again. I mean, the match plays probably yeah. the last time that we saw him on a stage playing well and winning games. There was a little sight yeah. of him at the World Series playing some re- uh, Winter Series, sorry, playing some really lovely stuff. Yeah. And then at the Players' Championship Finals, absolutely nothing again in an early exit, having failed to qualify for the Grand Slam. It is such a yeah. difficult one. Adrian Lewis is definitely in my like, B list of players who could win the whole thing if he gets going. Yes. And it does seem yes. to get the best out of him at Ali Pali. He does seem to raise... last couple of years, he's actually played all right yeah. stuff when he's done nothing to suggest he was going to. But Damon Hetta, I've been so impressed with. Um, I do think that yeah. Dirk, I think Damon and Dirk, two unseeded players, they one of the I think one of them reaches the quarterfinals in that little section. But yeah. even though I think that yeah. this is this is the most open one, the one you want to be in as a player, I think Lisa could win a game actually against Adam Hunt. They've got very very similar records on the Pro Tour this year. You know, I mean, there's only yeah. a couple of points difference in the averages. They've got similar number of wins on the Pro Tour this year. I think that and. There will be a crowd in, so that will make it harder for Adam. If it had been behind closed doors, I'd be more siding towards him. But look, Lisa Ashton could go and repeat the feats that Fallon Sherrick did and, and win win her game in the first round. I don't know how far she could go, but I think she can yeah. win a game. Um, but I do think that Michael Smith is going to have too much for everybody, and I think that his game with Devin Peterson is going to be an absolute blinder in round three um, with loads of 180s. Maybe even a nine data. Maybe even two. One each. I, that's that's. I of all of all the potential. When you're looking at who could meet who could meet who, Devon Peters yeah. and Michael Smith in round three automatically looks like one of the games of the tournament to me. Yeah, well, I, I, it's quite. You know the way that we look at draws. It's like, oh, they could win this. Hold on, they could go out first round. It's the way that that mm. things happen. I believe if Devon gets rid of Lennon. Which I think he'll beat Larson, by the way. I do think Steve I think Lennon so, will beat yeah. Larson. If he if he gets rid of Lennon after that, then I think Devon Peterson could be the one to take Smith's place in the draw after he after he beats him. Because I mm. I I rate Devon that dangerous uh, as as the, the, the dangerously brilliant player that that he can be. And Ian Smith, yeah, I I, I agree. They they could produce anything, absolutely mm. anything, but. I have predicted a semi-final outcome of of Smith v MVG, so I have to say that Smith gets through this quarter. I like the way he's playing. He plays well at the Worlds most years. All right, not not every year. Uh, and when he's playing well, he's just got the game to win. Not that we've seen him win the major yet. The 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 big one is he's looking for, but we keep saying it'll be a matter of time and I think it will I think it mm. will I don't like Gary Anderson's chances at all I I, no. I just don't like his injury I, I I just don't like the way he's playing yeah well I mean, look Gary Anderson and, and Glenn Durren I mean any other year last year um you'd be saying well you, you can't rule them out you, you have to say that those two are real real dangers and yet they're both in the same section of the draw and if you if you're in the same court of the draw as Glenn Durren and Gary Anderson, both multiple world champions, won the reigning Premier League champion, and you go, yeah, this is a quarter of the draw I want to be in, because quite frankly, I don't fan. Yeah. Then that's a weird situation, but I genuinely believe yeah. that's the situation we find ourselves in. Um, yeah. And I do believe 
that Michael Smith is, is probably going. So we're in agreement. I think that Michael Smith is, is going to come through yes. uh, that quarter. I think it may be an unseeded play. He beats in the quarterfinals. I think it could be a Damon Hetter or a Dirt Van Dyve and Boder. I think there's some fascinating yeah. games in that quarter. Do you know what? Don't don't rule out Stevie B, you know. Seriously. He I, never I, does it Ali Pally, though, does he? And it's no, so I know he doesn't. I know he doesn't. But I, you know what you said about being so open? I, I'm looking mm. at it thinking, do you know what? There's There's so many things that we think can't really happen but but they do they they, yeah. they 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 do i would love i would love that little fairy tale for him to get to like the the quarters maybe semis and it's like on his 30th attempt in the world so, are you kidding me it's up there with lim nearly in the nine data it'd, oh. be, it'd be amazing yeah it would be amazing and uh that i think that little beep you heard was just uh my steve beaten alarm going off where my phone has just told me that uh, i've said his name too many times uh and for my own health and heart rate <laughs> I should stop mentioning Steve Beaton. But as I say, we will post our individual picks for the individual games. We're not going to go through every single game because we'd be here all day. Yeah, and it yeah. would just be it'd be like the shipping forecast. It'd just be a load of names one after another. Uh, but we're going to put those on our Twitter page, uh, at Good Darts Pod. Uh, we'll have part two of our World Championship preview as well in the next few days. We'll go through the other half of the draw. Um, the first half, I think that Michael Smith gets through to the semis. So does Wayne. He thinks he'll face Michael Van Gogh in the world number one there. And I typically have gone for a ridiculous pick where I think Jermaine Watamina, <laughs> the machine gun, is going to make it through to his first world championship uh, semi-final. But keep an eye out on Twitter. You will see our picks if you are playing on the PDC Picks and Low 6 apps. Uh, if you are getting involved in those, though, uh, there is PDC Home Tour action right now as well. So you've got that where you can have a little flutter on. But remember, you've got to be 18. You've got to be resident in the UK to play. Terms and conditions apply. Please gamble responsibly. Or a strange bearded man will chase you with a stick, catch you, and shove you in a vivarium with his gecko. And do remember, if you or a friend has problems with gambling, visit begambleaware.org. 